0: This is Deep Dive, I'm Sui. China released its number one central document this week. This document is packed with information about what the government wants to do this year surrounding agriculture, food and farmers. These plans involve improving technologies for farming productivity, cutting down carbon emissions, and conservation of water and land. We also cover financing for agricultural projects and hospitality services that could spin up eco-friendly farming. But that's a lot to cover in one podcast episode. We scratch our head for quite a while to find a way to condense this much of information into this episode. Then my colleague Guo Ye came to us about some experimental fields in Dongying Shandong province. Research there focuses on farming on salt-affected land. She said, "Has great potential in solving food problems today." This episode is brought to you on Friday, February 17th. So Guiyan, you've mm-hmm. been passionately talk about saline soil several times before. Why is this important for you?
1: Well, it all began with my research into food security. The topic of food security has become a hot issue of global concern since the start of 2022. And we cannot address food security without talking about agriculture. And soil is the foundation of agriculture. Mm -hmm. The world's farmers depend on soil to produce over 90% of the food we eat. And as I tried to dig deeper, I found that salinization has posed a threat to the health of various plants and crop productivity in many places in the world. Such as? Uh, Salt-affected soils occur in all continents, but more than two-thirds are in arid zone's or very dry areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to cram too much jargon and scientific terms into our conversation, so let sure. me explain what exactly is soil salinization. Sure. To put it simple, soil salinization refers to excessive levels of sod in the soil, and which it can inhibit plant growth. It can occur naturally, for example, in deserts due to lack of water, intense evaporation, and uh, it may be a consequence of human activities such as overexploitation exploitation of farmland, mm-hmm. and some of the regions are most affected by salt-affected land, such as Central Asia, Mm. Middle East, South America, North Africa, and the Pacific. Mm. And if we can turn 1% of the salt-affected soils into arable land, we can increase an output of 50 million tons of grains worldwide. And then the increase in the output can sustain 120 million people for a year. So you see this is very significant to uh, transform all those salt-affected land into arable land.
2: Mm.
0: So also I understand mm. it's um, also a problem here in China. Mm-hmm. So before you visited Dongying in Shandong province, mm. and that place is located in the Yellow River Delta. And that city is a prone to this problem. Uh, it has a lot of saline. A land. So, could you elaborate more about uh, the soil condition there?
1: The place is where the Yellow River, also known as the Mother River of China, flows into the sea. And the coastal land area has long been degraded by encroaching salt waters from the sea, which has resulted in poor crop yields for decades. Salt affected land in Dongying reached over 230,000 hectares, accounting for nearly 40% of all salt affected areas of the whole province. Mm. Therefore, the transformation of the south affected land in Dongying can offer us a snapshot of China's endeavor to increase its arable land area and grain output. So
0: it's understandable that it's not good for any rural family uh, to own a large chunk of silian soil. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us like what did the local farmers do to utilize that land, anything uh, they could do about it?
1: Well, decades ago, some farmers just uh, moved away to make a living, mm. and some just uh, went to big cities nearby to uh, find job opportunities. But those who stayed there only got by on very limited options for food. Actually, I interviewed some uh, local farmers. Local farmer Sun Chunhua said previously they could only seek land with low salinity level, and the productivity was pretty low at that time. They only harvest." 250 kilograms per mu or 16 kilograms per hectare. Mu is a popular uh, unit of land area in China. Mm-hmm. 15 mu equals one hectare. So I'm going to use this unit very often. Okay. But now, according to his introduction, the harvest is incredibly high for the moment. Mm-hmm. The, they now can harvest 600 kilograms of wheat per mu for a year. The 60-year-old said he never thought crops could grow so well, and he said he couldn't even dare to think about this before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also spoke with 52-year-old Li Ri Tian mm-hmm. in Dongying. He witnessed huge changes in his hometown. He started to work at a state-owned farm in Dongying since 1989, mm-hmm. and uh, he told me that the grain stock. Could only grow to the height of 40 centimeters at that time when he was young and uh, over the years new varieties of seeds were planted in the farmland and now the stock of the grain has reached 80 centimeters mm-hmm. almost double that of 30 years ago and Lee told me that when he was a little boy his parents had little choice but grew wheat to make a living okay. you know what is
0: Not quite sure, so can Uh, you tell us some more about that?
1: It is a type of weed that is used to extracting oil for us. And actually when I heard about this, I was a little surprised because I wouldn't think that they could make a living on uh, growing wheat mm. because we don't eat that they cannot it's not even edible for people of my generation mm. but they even ate that because they have little options for food at that time mm. and now the farmers have a much wider choices to grow like wheat soybeans and corn Lee said the output of grains of the farmland which he's been working on doubled in 2016 compared with that in 2015. Mm.
0: So a lot of change have taken place in that area. Now farmers have uh, much more choices. So I guess um, there must be something to do to change the condition mm-hmm. of saline soil to make it more like arable. I guess one way to to make that change is to make it less salty. Mm-hmm. So how could that be done?
1: Well, okay. I'll ask you a question first. Sure. If you have if you are drinking a bowl of soup and you find the soup is too salty. What are you gonna do
0: i guess i i should add more water into the soup cup
1: that's it yeah. the same theory also applies to the treatment of saudi land and okay. uh, local farmers used to turn to a traditional method and um, they irrigated the crops by flooding water into the field mm-hmm. and that needs a good amount of water but here comes another problem which is water shortage in dongying And the amount of water owned by each person only makes up less than one-fifth of the national average level, which means the water resource is scarce and limited. And uh, if they still use the traditional way, of irrigation that would waste a lot of water. The water consumption will aggravate the salt affected land. So that would be a vicious circle, I guess.
0: I mean, that's uh, that's a big change for an area which already lack mm-hmm. of water resources. So based on my observation, the authorities have been uh, allocating resources to deal with this issue as well. So what kind of uh, new measures are they taking?
1: Well, then there came a turning point. Mm-hmm. China launched a national plan back in 19, uh, back in 2019 to transform the Yellow River Delta into and arable land. Mm-hmm. In 2015, a national agricultural demonstration area was established in Dongying. The project has attracted many agricultural experts and scientists who have been dedicated to improving soils and seas in the area. And for example, I interviewed some scientists, including Wang Guangmei. He is a senior researcher from the Yantai Institute of Coastal Zone Research of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. Mm-hmm. Since 2018, his team stationed in Dongying and started to work on water conservation in the farmland and they established an observation center there. He invited me to pay a visit. They laid a network of pipelines across the corn fields which drips water directly and exactly to the roots of the plants. Mm. That would save a lot of water.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can control the amount of water dripping into the field by the hour, say one liter or over one liter. And this is just one of our many dripping systems.
1: And they even dug a tunnel there. They dug a tunnel which connects with an underground space.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: and the space looks pretty much like um like a bomb shelter okay. in the movie. I walked down the tunnel and visited the control center. Mm. There, I found a lot of giant computers, mm-hmm. but not exactly the same computers we use in our office. But giant computers on the screen. They um the computer they use the computers to control the temperature, mm-hmm. humidity, and the various conditions in the soil. And with the wide application of dripping irrigation, the amount of water used in the same land area makes up only one fifth of the amount of water when farmers use the traditional irrigation method.
0: So, are those mm-hmm. methods working effectively?
1: Yes, that's proved to be effective. Mm-hmm. But think about that 10% of the world's land area are affected by salt. Mm-hmm. If we change 10% of the land area, which is roughly the size of for India, that would be a, a tremendous task for human beings. Mm-hmm. So the scientists then think up other ways to modify the soil. Not just the, the soil, they also try to find new method to modify the seas. Mm-hmm. So the modification on the types, on the varieties of seas is also critical mm-hmm. in terms of treating this salt affected land. I interviewed a group of scientists who's dedicated to modifying. The seeds mm-hmm. of grains to make them more tolerant to soils of higher salinity level. Uh, I interviewed Lin Shuang. She is a researcher of the Institute of Botany of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. She showed me the seeds of a new variety of sorghum developed by her team mm-hmm. in her laboratory in Dongying. And the young scientist Lin Shuang is part of the team working to improve crop yields in the salt-affected lands of this coastal region. Her team is dedicated to selecting seeds that have the potential to grow in saline and sodic soils. And uh, they try to modify the trace of the seeds and make them more tolerant to soils with higher salinity levels.
2: (inaudible) The traditional way of seed breeding relies on experiences and observations in the fields. Mm. The time span can be dragged for a long while. Mm. But now we're incorporating more technologies like molecule designs, which can be more accurate and fast. And they have cultivated new
1: varieties of sorghum and soybeans that are able to grow in soils with extremely high salinity levels she told me that the sorghum seeds they have developed are able to grow in land with a salinity level of 0.5 percent compared with the average sorghum that grow in soils with salinity level of less than 0.3 percent you might be wondering what's the difference between 0.3 percent and 0.5 percent that's tiny figures um for um for us 0.1% doesn't make sense, but for scientific research, even a tiny fraction of a percent makes a huge difference. Mm. In this case, for example, a plant may grow well under the conditions in soils with a salinity level of 0.1%, but it could die with a salinity level of 0.2%. So a tiny fraction makes a huge difference. Uh, The scientists have selected nearly 40 varieties from tens of thousands of seed of various categories for modification. The area where only a handful of plants grow now has a rich store of grain varieties, including sweet sorghum, corns, and soybeans.
2: I feel like sweet sorghum has a lot of potential. It can be used widely in our life. Mm. For example, it can be fed to animals or made into alcohol. Sweet sorghum can be made into the spirit we drink or ethyl alcohol that's used to fuel new energy vehicles.
0: So like you said, Mm -hmm. basically, it's about water irrigation technologies Mm -hmm. and also new plant varieties. Uh, What's not working? Like you said, the scientists and researchers are still working on it. So Mm -hmm. what still needs to be improved?
1: Um, The scientists, when I uh, did the interview, the scientists are trying to find ways to help uh, make the seeds become more tolerant and resistant to higher level of salinity if they want to modify the seeds to adapt to um, soils with higher salinity level. For example, now the the plants can grow well under a salinity level of 0.5%, but now they want to aim high. Mm
2: -hmm. With sweet sorghum, on less salted land, we can now have a yield as many as 6 or 7 tons per move. But on more salted lands, the yield will be cut by half to 3 tons. So now we want to see if we can try to increase the yields on lands with higher salinity levels. They need more efforts
1: and time. And money, mm-hmm. financial support to achieve that target.
0: So, uh, when you were there, are local farmers capable of applying the technologies uh, you've been talking about into real farming work?
1: Part of the technologies have been applied to their farm work, mm-hmm. but the latest technologies are still in the lab. Yeah, many technologies cannot be used directly because it takes time. For example, before the crops, before the grains, the sorghum, the corn, the soybeans come to our dinner table, they have to be proved to be A hundred percent safe. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. because food security and food safety is also very important for us. We have to make sure that they're safe and they need a lot of time for testing, uh, for trial and error in the laboratory. So
0: that's the thing (laughs) I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes time for them to deliver any actual meaningful results Mm -hmm. and also like you said, it cost very much, but at the same time, uh, we see China, uh, the country, has been managing this this issue quite well. Green production mm-hmm. stable stable for years. So why? Why do you think the authorities still want to focus on dealing with this issue?
1: Um, I think the authorities have a good reason to do that. Mm -hmm. For a country with a land area like China so vast Mm -hmm. and a population so huge, it can never emphasize too much on the importance of food security. Mm -hmm. And China has secured a bumper harvest, like you said, very successfully for 17 years in a row, which was able to support of course, 1.4 billion people Mm -hmm. in this country, Chinese policymakers still put food security at the top of their agenda, and Mm -hmm. they have a good reason to do this. Mm -hmm. If we look back on what happened over the past three years, the world is faced with many uncertainties brought about by geopolitical conflicts like the one happened between Russia and Ukraine, and both of them are major exporters of wheat in the world. Mm -hmm. And climate change and extreme weather also posed a threat on the output of grains. And the multiple waves of COVID infections over the past three years put a huge strain on the global supply chain of Mm -hmm. food industry. Mm -hmm. And increasing food stock helps us get a better prepared for risks mm-hmm. and to ward off uncertainties in the future. Mm,
0: that makes very much sense. Another mm-hmm. thing I'm quite curious is about who are those scientists to choose to stay there to um, do the research.
1: Well to retain talented young people in the field is also a challenge. Right for this industry, Mm -hmm. because working conditions for the scientists are tough. My friend Lin Shuang, she's a good friend of mine, she's also a scientist. Mm -hmm. I remember the other day, she sent me a group of photos in which her colleagues are marching through a Mm cornfield in the early morning. She told me, see, we are already in the field, and we just hit the ground running. And They wake up at around half past five in the morning because they would be really busy especially during the sowing season mm-hmm. to join local farmers to sow the seeds into the field and uh, they have to to spend their whole day working in the field until after the sunset and she told me that their working conditions were really tough mm-hmm. and uh, um, she even joked around like this I, I re- perhaps you might have heard that joke before mm-hmm. when, when you were a young boy uh, our parents often said if you don't study hard you won't gain higher scores in your examinations mm-hmm. and if you fail your examinations you won't get admitted to a top university mm-hmm. and then you're gonna spend the rest of your life mm-hmm. toiling on the soil right. and now since she started to work in doing last year mm-hmm. she she told me that she called her parents hey mom even though I got a doctor's degree, I still toil on the soil for the whole day and (laughs) even for the rest of my life. Because I I used to think that they may spend most of their time in laboratory, Mm. but for the scientists and young experts, they have to spend most of their time in the field Mm. because they have to analyze the quality of the seed and to monitor and observe the growth of the plants Mm. to get true results and the record.
0: This is very noble mm-hmm. for those young scientists who chose this career path.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. This year, China vows to continue efforts on innovative technology in the agriculture sector. That includes support for labs cultivating seeds that can stand higher levels of salinity in the soil, like the scientist Guo Yan talked about in this episode. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. If you like what you've heard, please follow our show on your podcast platforms. You can also leave comments to tell us what you want to know about China and beyond. This episode is brought to you by me, Sui, and my colleagues Fei Fei and Zhang, Zhang. Special thanks to CGTN radio reporter Guo Yan. I will see you in the next one.